Thanks to Jade for reading today's gospel lesson. So let's start by talking infrastructure a little bit. Let's go back in history. I don't even know how long this would have taken, but I presume before the interstate system was built, if you wanted to drive from like Milwaukee to, say, St. Louis, that would have been like an all-day or even a two-day trip. You would have taken the state highways and the U.S. highways, and you would have gone through every small town and every big town. It would have taken a while. Nowadays, you just take the interstate, right? And, and you can leave uh, Milwaukee after an early breakfast and still get to St. Louis for like a late lunch because the roads are straight and wide and, and safely engineered, and you can go 70 miles an hour uh, pretty much the whole way. Infrastructure. Big infrastructure bill just passed you know, politically in Washington. And at some level, we, we all do kind of like that because we like our roads not to have potholes. We do like it when the bridges stay up, the trains stay on the rails. We really like it when Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport has super advanced avionics on its runways so planes can land in any weather because nobody wants to be sitting on the tarmac at Mitchell Field for three hours waiting for the weather to clear down in Dallas. So at some level, we all like infrastructure until we have to pay for it. Uh, then suddenly we have reservations, and if I never fly to Dallas-Fort Worth, I'm not too invested in investing in uh, their runway avionics. This is one of the struggles of life. Uh, how much infrastructure do you have and how much do you keep investing in it? This is true out there. It's also true in our own lives. You've got a car that you love to drive. It's your baby. But suddenly it becomes a money pit. <laughs> At what point do you keep reinvesting in that infrastructure? At what point do you start new? And of course, there's the infrastructure of our own lives, right? And, and so there are relationships that you have to invest in, people you have to invest in, your own self-care that you have to invest in, and always the struggle of, of am I doing enough, am I doing too little? Uh, out there in the big world, when we do too little, that's when bridges fall down. Uh, in, in our own lives, when we do too little, we, we get worn out, our relationships get threadbare. But when we overinvest, you know, in your immediate uh, life, you know, if you overinvest in your house, then all of a sudden maybe you're stuck in a job you don't even enjoy, but you need the paycheck. If you overinvest as a parent, I guess at some level in your kids, that's called you know, helicopter or bulldozer parenting, you, you solve so many problems for them that when they get out on their own, they can't solve any on their own. And so life is always this struggle between uh, underinvestment and overinvestment and so many different types of infrastructure. One of the core beliefs we have as, as Jesus people is that he's built kind of this spiritual interstate right through our hearts, and it's an amazing act of grace. But we don't always recognize that it's there, and we're not always sure how to take care of it. And, and, and underinvestment in your spiritual infrastructure is a pretty common thing. I think we all do it at times. The other thing about the spiritual infrastructure is it's not always clear you're even dealing with it. In other words, you might... Um, 
you might have a period where you're really blue or a relationship that's not going well or issues at work and you'll think it's the work or you'll think it's the other person or you think, well, like, what's wrong with me? And, and actually, in all of those cases, it could be something that's a matter of your spirit and your heart and it's going unaddressed. So how do you take care of your spiritual infrastructure? That's, that's a lifetime question. But on this, the second weekend in Advent, I think there are a couple of things that are important to use as the baseline uh, for any attentiveness to your spiritual infrastructure. Think of today's gospel lesson. So for the year to come, the, the church year to come, we're in the gospel according to Luke. Uh, Luke is the only gospel with a sequel, the book of Acts, the history of the early believers. Altogether, 52 chapters of reflections on what it is to be a person of faith in an ever-changing modern world. Uh, that's who Luke was writing to then. It's still super current today. So the first two chapters of Luke's gospel are those wonderful prelude chapters the announcements of and then the actual birth of the forerunner, John the Baptist, and the Messiah, Jesus the Christ. But today's gospel lesson that Jade read from chapter 3, that's where the real story begins. And, and Luke sets it in a worldwide context, just like we know presidents, you know, Biden or Trump or Obama or Bush. He starts it with Caesar Augustus and Quirinius, who's the governor, all these political figures his readers would have known. The religious ones, too, Caiaphas and Annas, they are the, the chief priest family in Jerusalem. And so having set this all in a context, then Luke begins with the essence of what everything else is built on. He quotes from the great prophet Isaiah, uh, who the, the gospel writers and Jesus himself quote from more than any of the other prophets, and, and has that part in there about how the mountains are laid low and the valleys filled in and the roads made straight so that all flesh, that all people may come to salvation. In other words, in, in, in the great struggle that we all kind of go through in life of are we under-investing in our spiritual infrastructure or over-investing in it? Am I working hard enough or not hard enough? Luke wants it to be very clear from the beginning that, that the path Jesus longs to set before us is not hard. It is actually easy. You and I can do it. And it's, it's not just for a select few, it's for everybody. It is an inclusive uh, path to the kingdom of God, not an exclusive one. And for people who kind of like exclusivity in their lives, that's, that's a tough thing. But it is one made for everyone, and it, it shouldn't be all that difficult. But you know it is. That's, that's how life goes with its various bumps. On this second weekend in Advent, take the temperature of your, of your spiritual heart and an assessment of that path that runs through it. And all I would tell you this weekend is, is as per Luke's gospel, don't take this journey by yourself. We live in this culture that's about individualism, and that's cool in itself, but the Bible doesn't get that. The Bible is into the body of Christ, the community, being part of the people of God. Uh, we don't do well as solo acts when it comes to taking care of our hearts. Don't try and do this by yourself. Pray together. Worship together. This is still together, by the way. I don't always think it has to be physical togetherness, but, 
but be a part of something that you know is bigger than yourself, that you know came before you, that you know lasts beyond you. That, that's a powerful thing. And then that allows you to both receive, because we're all needy. Uh, we're all takers at some level, and, and, and that has its place, but we're also able to be generous and gifters. The, absolutely the best metaphor for this from, from real life that I've ever had is, is, is 18 years ago when I had the privilege of first going to Rutilio Grande, our partner farming rural community in El Salvador. It, it took us 45 minutes to go four kilometers to get there over this bumpy, boulder-screwn road. We literally could have walked it faster than we drove it. Nowadays, you can get there in 10 minutes, and, and a quarter of that, so one kilometer of that, is paved with asphalt. It's amazing. And the community has grown, and it has nurtured its people, and it's given many gifts to us, and we've given many to them. And, and other communities have been a part of that as well. It's been a collective community project. These things are so real in our lives, and sometimes not as obvious as that, but it's an example that all of you have been a part of in some way, even if you've never been there. And it's an example of what we can continue to be for each other in little ways and big as the community of God. On this second weekend in Advent, at this particular service, there's beautiful music, as there always is. It's our Pledgeathon weekend. Make a pledge this weekend, people. Invest in, in this community and have some fun with it as well. I think when we hit 200 pledges, I get a pie in the face. It'll be awesome. And, and take all of that as part of the joy of being a people of hope in a world that can be pretty dark. And so we continue to mourn with our friends and neighbors in Waukesha and pray for the recovery of those who are injured. We pray for the people of Michigan after a school shooting yesterday. Mark will talk about that in his prayers. And, and in this Advent season, as we said at the beginning, we are aware of the darkness outside and sometimes in. And yet there is this light that lies ahead of us. We do well when we walk together down the interstate path of faith. So start walking, people of God. I'll join you. I'll see you at the next rest stop. Hey.